The following program are pre-recorded. Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Three, two, one. Lift off. Privately. We're so going cool. to the moon. Alice, you're going right to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Intuitive machines <laughs> built the uh, Odessus, right? They call it Audi. Uh, and it's the first moon landing we've had in 50 years. Yeah. 50 years? 60 years? 50 years. Yeah, because it was in the mid-70s. It's the last time, I think 74 is the last time we were at, to the moon. So it's hard to imagine that we we took a 50-year break from going to the moon. First of all. Well, it's not like you got up there and went, yeah, okay, we've been there enough. We pretty much got this scoped out. It seems kind of weird really? to me, but I don't know. It's just... uh it was a race to the moon originally, and that's why we got there. And and now maybe the Decepticons asked us maybe, to come back. Maybe so. We're here. We're here. So it's possible. Maybe because you haven't seen the pictures of the dark side yet, right? From the from the time that that's where all the Chinese are. Six months ago or something. Yeah, all the Chinese are there. okay. Wow. Where was it the Decepticons? Wow. Anyway, we landed on the moon on Friday. Privately, and NASA's really excited about this. They are very excited about it. And, uh, yeah, the, the company is called Intuitive Machines, and uh, their own stock went crazy on Friday. So I don't know what it actually ended up with, but, you know, I don't think anybody even... I've never really heard of Intuitive Machines until this. No. it's And it's AI-driven on top of it, so you have all that going on for it, too. Uh, yeah, so it's up, um, yeah, it's doing pretty good. <laughs> if you, if you had, uh, if you had stock in intuitive machines beforehand, you're probably smiling pretty happy right now. So, yeah. Now, crazy. are they bringing this one back? Cause it, it's up and so it landed vertically and deployed and it's sending back data and it's, I, I, the two things I have not heard yet are what are the what is the data that they're trying to accumulate? So what data is coming back? Well, I know it landed on the south pole right. of the moon, uh, and then they, do they plan on bringing the lander back? That would the, be so. I don't. I don't think so. I think it's staying. there to stay. Yeah, more space junk. Um, well, it's on the moon, so it's not rolling around. And they might have stuff on there that they can use later on. They. Um, that's a good question, though. I, I, but I don't think it's supposed to come back. I think it's supposed to stay there. And I know that they're, I mean, they landed there because there's water there. Mm-hmm. So this is why why I think it's there and there to stay. Because, you know, there's been a lot of talk about where you're going to put a um, moon station. And you want to put a moon station where there's a water source. If there's water there, then they're going to, I'm sure a lot of the testing is about what or how can we, get into this, you know, how, yeah, how do we water, tap yeah. into the water, the frozen water that's there. So, um, so that's what they're, I think what they're really after, but. And I was reading NASA was really excited because they're looking at the ability to replicate what they've done with the moon landing for the Mars so they can start doing more exploration of Mars. Cause you know, some of the stuff that they've set up, they're limited, um, except for the Martian, he came back. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It, it's been limited research. They're looking at this being the precursor to doing some very extensive exploration of Mars. Yeah. Yeah. 
then this this project was basically all private because SpaceX launched Audi. Mm-hmm. Audi. Audi? Audi? I think it's Audi. Audis. It's called the uh, Odessus. So I'd say Audi. O-D-I-E. Yeah. Isn't there a comic with Audi in it? Yeah, Garfield and Audi. That's what I thought. Duh. Odie's the dog. Garfield's the fat cat. That's me. Because I like lasagna too. <laughs> Odie's the smart one of the two, right? How many donuts do you have this morning? Uh, just one. Uh, and Well, Garfield's the smart I apologize to everybody in advance for my stomach grumbling. That's weird. I, I love donuts, but they don't like me so much. So. Weird. I know. I know. What can I say? My body was not built on donuts. It was built on bagels. <laughs> they, didn't have, boy. they didn't have any bagels when I picked them up. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. It's okay. I would have got you a bagel. Coffee's good, though. Yeah. But don't um, coffee. All right. So Intuitive Machines said it also was working on to process images from Audi's, Audi's cameras. The company hasn't shared any pictures from the landing yet. So there was kind of a touch and go thing for a while. There was about two hours where they didn't, they weren't really sure if it was going to actually land or not. Well, if you notice though, this was really quiet. There wasn't a lot of, there was no, no buzz with yeah, that whatsoever. It's not like going like, to the moon and, and uh, Walter Cronkite is out there like they did in 69 and, uh, you know, stating that we have landed and all this other. There was none of that. In fact, I, I knew this launch was coming up, but but I didn't even think anything about it. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, hey, we're on the moon again. Yeah. Hey, we're here. <laughs> so I wonder if they were, they just did that because they were not really sure themselves if the process of getting us there was actually going to be successful. So they didn't want to put a lot of attention on it until after it was successful, which I guess makes sense in today's world. A little bit, but. So, Yeah. So, yeah, and this sets up for the Artemis uh, program, which we've talked about before. Um, next year, we will have people back on the moon. People. Actual people. People. Yeah. Um, excuse me. I, uh, one of the things I was reading an article is they're, um, they've gone back to the idea of how do you launch a an exploration from the space station because that was kind of the thought of the space station. I remember the first space station and the one that crashed and burned. Um, but that was part of the, okay, where's the, we need a platform so we can make getting to the moon more feasible because now you, because a lot goes into the rocket and the fuel and that's usually where a problem happens. So they were thinking about the process of, well, what if we don't have to get off the atmosphere? Everything's right there. And then they had Skylab issues. And now the International Space Station um, took on a different mission. It was more about the scientific side of stuff. But now there's been discussions of them going back and whether it's the International Space Station or another one that would be that jump-off point for lunar explorations or eventually Mars explorations. I expect that that will be exactly what happens. Because there's a lot of, um, yeah, it just, I think, I think on the cost side, uh, makes a lot of sense, you know, and even if you can build some of these components in space. Well, that's why the shuttle program was there because when the shuttle program was first 
contemplated and it was legitimately to be a shuttle. So it wasn't going to come back to earth. It didn't have to come back to earth. Once it was up there, it was going to be up there. You refueled it up there and it just goes back and forth from the space station or right to the moon. Right. And so I'm wondering where that program is at and because there's been some talk, I've heard scuttlebutt about bringing back a space shuttle program of some sort. Might be a really cool one, like from Armageddon. That'd be cool, right? That'd be cool. But they learned a lot. So, well, and I think about the, you know, the building of spacecraft in space as well, right? I mean, you don't have to deal with the like the enterprise, the forces of coming in and out of Earth's gravity. Well, could you imagine not having to print most of this stuff? Could you imagine not having to build? The infrastructure, scaffolding, all of that stuff to support what you're building, you just do it in space. Right. Yeah, it would be quite... I mean, there's other challenges, of course, but it certainly makes sense to build these things in space. Super Talk. Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. A New Orleans... New Orleans? New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. I know it's all supposed to be put into one word. New Orleans, y'all. New Orleans. Magician says he made an AI Biden robocall telling people not to vote. Did you hear about this? No. So Paul Carpenter uh, told NBC News that he was paid $150 for, to produce a fake AI-generated voice message from Joe Biden. So for $150, this guy creates a of Joe Biden, and then they put it on a robocall and tell people not to vote. It must have been a primary. Or Who paid him? Um, political operative Steve Kramer hired okay. him to do so. Kramer has worked with Democratic presidential candidate Dean Phillips' campaign to gather signatures to get on oh, challenge. Yeah. So it was. It wasn't even a Republican. It was. It was a uh, another Democrat. That, okay, that but my question is so funny. Why would you have to pay somebody? Well, somebody has to put the time in to build the thing, right? But the point I'm getting at Why? Chat GPT will do that for you. I don't know about an AI-generated voice of somebody, but okay. So so he knows that, and you don't. I mean, that that's the premise of any business almost is that, you know, I own a computer repair shop. I mean, you can go online and get probably all the information you want to fix your computer. Some people just don't want to do it, so they pay us. It's the premise of anything, you know. So, but if you're doing something that's a little on the shady side, okay, a lot on the shady side, uh, the fewer people that know about it, I won't argue that. The, the better. I guess they didn't even really hold back about no telling people about this. So, it's really interesting, and I guess the point I'm bringing up here is that because of where we're at right now. I mean, you and I have talked about this a lot with the presidential election coming up here. Crazy stuff. You, you cannot, you just cannot believe anything that anybody's, you know, especially if it's just like a one-to-one -one communication. If you're watching it on network television, you, you're probably pretty assured that, that, that advertisement that you're watching was put together. Are you? Well, okay. I would say that it's more credible. I'm not saying that the information is credible. I'm just saying that the people behind it are probably a little more credible or are in the campaign itself. It's not like you and I that are, you know, I paid you 150 bucks to do a robocall for Joe Biden or, or Trump, 
right? And then trying to encourage people not to vote. I just think that's incredible and incredibly easy to do. And you just have to really like, I don't know. I I just, and, and I've noted though with text is, have you been getting all these texts lately? Oh, God. Uh, how is that? How is that legal? I just talk, chalk it up to the season. Well, if you clicked on pretty much anything, there's an opt-in uh, at some point. So the EULA. I'm just. <laughs> I'm so fed up with these texts coming in right now. But it's urgent, you know. You know, yeah. to stop this. And I'm just like, why am I on this list? Yeah, I, we're all on a lot of lists. It, it, but that. Okay, so go back four years. Yeah. It's a presidential election four years ago, and were you on as many lists? Probably not. No, but we're all on lists now. It doesn't matter your party affiliation or independent or whatever it is. They have all of our information. We're we're on somebody's list somewhere. Oh, yeah. We're we're, uh, over the last four. If you look at the technology over the last four years and how it's played out, we're all on somebody's list. They have all of our information. So now you start getting robocalls from a candidate that is saying, well, don't vote for me. That's kind of funny. Um, well, and, and how far do you take that? I mean, yeah. who who's beloved in our country right now? I'm I'm just saying. I mean, imagine, and and this isn't maybe the best case scenario since she passed away a year ago. But Betty White. Oh yeah. Okay. Beloved, right? Non political. Because and you get and tell you what, even Taylor Swift right now. It, it, sure. Politics. Sure. No, it, it, if if somebody did, did an AI voice of Taylor Swift and you got a call, robocall, and it was Taylor stating that uh, you know she doesn't want you to go out and vote, uh, you might say, "Oh my goodness, I love Taylor, and thank you, Taylor, for sending me this this voice message about uh, how you feel about this." Yeah, I mean that that's exactly to me that's actually a bigger concern than any of this other stuff is people who are trusted. By a lot of people, and all of a sudden they're being cloned or what have you. Well, go back three, four years ago, and I noticed there was a change in the automated calls that you would get. You know, the the robocalls, they changed, and they were more interactive now. And, and there's some good ones out there that you're like, it, it takes you a few minutes. Am I, am I talking to a person yes. or not? Yeah. And I'll specifically go in different directions. I will too. Just so I go, yeah, okay, you're not real. Right. Click. Um, but the technology has improved so much. You know, going back to the network stuff, though, at what point when it's important, yeah, NBC Nightly News, and they start doing a story, are you 100% sure that somebody didn't hack into the system and it's computer-generated News set with the anchor telling a story that you're well, like, you're, there's no way that, but it's a story. So it's on the network. So it's quote unquote credible. But, but it's, it's much more difficult to do what you're talking about. And I'm it's saying it's not possible, but it's possible, but it's much more difficult and takes a lot more dollars to do something like that than to do something that's a deep fake or an AI voice or whatever and put it on a Facebook or do a robocall. That's what, that's all I'm saying here. Okay. Is, but say is that there's a lot more steps that, you I mean, if you have another government or somebody who's very well funded that terrorist attack. So Iran yeah. gets a nuclear weapon or China or Russia and they're going to bomb us. Yeah. But, you know, do they not spend the money to have, 
you know, blanket and hijack all of the news coverage. Sure. And they're like, sure. Hey, don't forget. Yeah. That big shiny thing coming in. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. uh, misinformation and disinformation in a crisis situation. Yeah. We're studying, communicate. We're studying a rocket to the moon today. Yeah. So everybody head on out and watch the rocket launch. Everybody's going to see it tonight. We're sending, we're sending 15 of them. This thing met in black. Watch the big shiny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look right here. I mean, those, those scenarios I'm sure are possible. Uh, but it's a, like I said, it's just a lot more difficult because there's just so much that has to go on. We've, we've all watched movies where they take over our signals, you know. And there was an instance in Montana, actually, like seven or eight, ten years ago, uh, where somebody had hacked into the emergency broadcast network. And did you hear about this? This is hilarious. And uh, across the bottom of the screens on everybody's television uh, was a scroll that said, please do not approach the walking dead. <laughs> this was the EMS message. And people were actually calling the police department in this small town stating, what are we supposed to do? If I see a, a person who's, you know, the zombie ap- ap- apocalypse is upon us here. Modern day war of the world. It took hours for them to shut that down. Well, it, so look at the federal government just mandated the national DOD. Mandated? And mandated. Uh, it's kind of like a manatee, but it's literally... Uh, Small. I'm a little contagious today. Meditated. I love that word. Good word. It's a good word. I'm going to figure out what it means, but it's a good word. Um, well, I said it, so it's a word now. That's right. Um, but DOT, getting rid of the, the, the signs, the digital signs, they want those gone. Really? Part of the, yeah. There, there's two, like, two, they're going away in two years. Like there's, uh, you know, two miles in front of us, there's uh, water yeah. over the road. Yeah. Those are going to disappear? They're going to get rid of those. Part part of it was because they were getting hacked all the time. Okay. Without apology, the regular Joe show with Joe Giganti. Weekday evenings at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Did you have service with your cell phone the other day? I did. Okay. I lost mine for a little while. I, I am an AT&T. Uh, yeah, I'm a Verizon. Yeah. But, but you travel a lot to other cities, and I, I'm a big fan of AT&T, and if, as long as you're in a big city or on the interstate. I uh, That's probably the reason I use AT&T. I actually switched for a little while, and I had some connectivity issues with where I travel. Uh, I have just found that, you know, I, I know it's expensive. I just, and I, it's all expensive. I just, I hate my cell phone bill. I mean, I, I miss the days of landlines because it would be, even though you paid for long distance, you know, a person would wait till eight o'clock at night or whatever, whatever it was, where it went down to two point. I'm nights. calling grandma on the weekends. Yeah, nights and weekends, nights right? Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they all had those plans where you could call for almost nothing. Uh, and, and and it's amazing when you think about this that there's a generation now that doesn't even understand what a, what a long distance uh, call actually used to comprise. I mean, and there was an extra charge for it because now you just pick up your phone and call anybody in the country and or maybe even the world and or the people that grew up with landlines that were party lines. Yeah. It's like you go to pick up to use the phone. It's like, oh, wait a minute, somebody else. Oh, I'm raising my hand. When I was a kid, 
I was part of a party line. Yeah. And it was so many, I forget how many rings it was, but it was a couple rings. I mean, it wasn't for very long. I don't remember it for very long, but for a very short period of time, we had a party line. Yeah. Crazy. Did you Uh, ever eavesdrop on one of your neighbors? I was too young to know. So no. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe my sister's phone calls. (laughs) Just kidding, Cammie. Well, it comes out now. It does. She's listening, you know. I know. I know. Yeah. Although I think I I do believe my siblings listened in on my phone calls because we had a couple lines in our house, you know, and you would try to quietly, you know, lift the phone uh, up off of the, you know, where it was ho- or off the cradle. Yeah, there you go. And uh, there was always the click, though. There, you could not get away from not having no, the click. No, no. Did you figure this out? Those were with the, like, the two-piece phones, right? Where it, but where you had the older phone, so on the handset, you could unscrew the earpiece or you could unscrew the mouthpiece. Oh, remember that? Yeah, if you unscrewed the mouthpiece and disconnected that because you just flipped, disconnected. Work. Yes, yeah. It didn't make a sound when you so picked it you, up. You didn't have to be careful picking it up. It didn't go click. I don't even have to ask about you eavesdropping then because you never. I never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> I just figured stuff out. Yeah. Because I was that kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's oh funny. sometimes I even got stuff put back together after I took it apart. What's interesting about this uh, Without extra parts. outage, which, by the way, the claim was not a cyber attack. Right. I think that, of course, people were speculating that right away. They said it was a coding issue. Yeah, yeah, for expansion. Although it was interesting because 911 service was out as well. Well, so that's what I was getting to here. So... We're, a lot of people assume that they were connected. Right. And, you know, our, this is what I find really interesting. I've always thought this, uh, this scenario would, would come back to haunt us someday too. When, when you are in a significantly wireless setup, right? And, and the issue is, is that even a lot of 911 call centers now are like a cell based. You know, they're not even, there's not even wires going into these things anymore. Um, then you really, you really set yourself up for significant challenges when that system goes down. And I think that's what happened a lot with AT&T. Uh, there's a lot of call centers in the country that use AT&T as their, you know, for their service. And a lot of it is mobile. It's just, there's no landlines anymore. So when you have that scenario, it could really cause a lot of issues. And you look like you have something to say about that. Well, in a lot of 911 service, though, that's why they're trying to have dedicated call centers, which are fiber optic. They're, yeah. they're fiber based. They're yeah. like, yeah, this doesn't work. We got to be connected to something. And I think we've even in, you know, where we live in North Dakota, wasn't there a time not that long ago we had a blizzard or something and it took our call centers down too? Yeah. And and that was a that was wasn't that the statewide nine one one? Well, so we live in North Dakota, and North right. Dakota's statewide radio, it, which is trying to expand. There's pockets that are not on that system, right? Um, like Bismarck area is not part of statewide radio. Um, uh, has they have Sencom, so we have a our, our own little regional. So there's regional pockets of nine one one service and emergency service access. If you pick up the phone and dial nine one one. Uh, you'll get a, a different call center. Okay. So if you go to call 911 in Bismarck or 
uh, Burley County or Mandan, you wind up getting CENCOM, okay. which is in Bismarck. Um, if you're rural, uh, there's state radio. So you'll get state radios, which is the system that feeds, actually it feeds the National Guard as well, but it feeds uh, Highway Patrol. Now, a lot of smaller rural communities have gotten onto that system, the state radio system. That would be the, the best case scenario, have everybody on the same system. Uh, North Dakota's working to that, but it'll be a while before they get there. Okay. So interesting. So if, uh, so are any of statewide radio, is that, is that a fiber based, uh, system then or, okay. Yep. Fiber optics. What about the Bismarck Mandan area? Is that also fiber optics? Okay. So we don't have, I'm actually CENCOM in Bismarck, um, central communications. It's actually attached to, uh, Dakota carrier network. Right. Big data center. Yes, which is fiber optic. All fiber. So it's actually part of the, it's an addition onto that building. Okay. And that's the service they test. Okay. So that's cool. So, um, but yeah, there are a lot of places in the, in the country. And I would imagine cost has a lot to do with this because it have running a 911 service in your town is costly. I'm guessing, or you tell me, Steve, you're, you're more, more in the know than I am. Uh, on these things, but you know, to have a 24 hour, seven day a week operation to help your community, which is what this is. Well, and so it's funded in a bunch of different ways. So there's some tax dollars that go into that. There's surcharge. So you pay a 911 right. connectivity you do. on your cell phone. Yes. It's right there on your cell phone yep. bill. Um, so a lot of those costs are offset. Um, do, do the, and I'm, I'm just, if, if you call and there's an ambulance that's dispatched, is that, is there, uh, does the ambulance service give 911 a fee from that for every call that goes out, for example? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. So that's all, you know, when I say offset, it's, it's probably, it's probably a poor choice of words because you're paying for it as a taxpayer somewhere. Right, right. So then, you know, cell phone, you know, you've got a, a fee on your cell phone. Two bucks and 80 cents a month or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Which, so like for Burley County, um, they're in the process, uh, the legislature last time just changed, um, the ability for the collection of those fees. So, the League of Counties, so like in the case of Burley County or the Morton County or the, the counties with the sheriffs and um, the county's going to be taking over collection of those fees instead of each individual municipality, which should make it a lot simpler. But So what about like, I have an UMA. Are you, I don't know if you're familiar with UMA. Thurman Lover Stuff. O-O-M-A. Oh, okay. Uh, in fact, our phone system here. In, 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 Kill Bill Volume 2 is, uh, UMA, which is a, um, land based, but it uses VoIP, voice over internet protocol, but it works Wait. like a land based, uh, or landline, uh, connection. Now I have this at home as well. I bought it for, it's like 160 bucks a month. You know, we were discussing just to drop the landline, but there, we had some relatives that that's kind of how they call us. So we were like, we're tired of paying the fee, but we use this UMA. And, uh, it allows us to make calls for free. Uh, and I guess we're just going to have to talk about this in the next break, but we'll do that. So come on back for Uma. Super Talk. Tw- talk of the town on Super Talk 1270. You know, another interesting thing about cutting the cord 
You know, we talked a lot about like paying for Peacock and, and streaming services. The other thing that's interesting about that too is I've noticed that if you subscribe like AT&T or Verizon, they're bundling now with like HBO and have you noticed this? Or like uh if you have Max, then you get, you know, HBO and Paramount Plus or whatever. So these these brands are almost becoming like mini cable companies. Because, oh, very much so. You know, you're paying 20 bucks a month for it. Oh, by the way, you get this, 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 and this along with it too. And you're like, oh, so this, this kind of goes back to your point I mean, about watch those. Right. But it is one of these things that you might watch occasionally. Like, well, I would, I would pay 20 bucks a month for this anyway. So I'll, I'll pay the 20 bucks a month and get these other things. But I noticed now, like, um, like the history channel. I think I have three or four services that have the History Channel on it. So I'm like paying for the History Channel four different times now. See, I switched over on our cable to um, the little digital boxes. So it's ba- all based off of Wi-Fi. So basically the cable companies are streaming as well Okay. Uh, in your house. But again, that was my way of cutting the cord because I don't plug into the wall anymore. I've got the little box and it's running off of my Wi-Fi, off of my cable company, which I get the Wi-Fi from them. They're streaming. Gotcha. So, I, you know, I've got Midco, but Midco's streaming. I right. Midco streaming service, basically. Um, so kind of don't have the cord. I can put that anywhere. Um, I do kind of enjoy the, the two TVs. I, cause I spend a lot of time in the garage or the sunroom just because I'm watching some of the over air stuff that's right. not offered on the cable. And it's, uh, but one of the things that I, I lost when I switched over is I used to watch the military history channel all the time because oh, I, I love the world war right, footage right, and all of right. the history stuff at gone. And it's like not part of my subscription anymore. I'm like, well, I didn't change my subscription, but they don't stream that. That's the difference is it's got to be something they stream. Right. So you there, you know, we're talking a lot about what we pay for, Right. There are a lot of new free options that I don't think we didn't really delve into before. I mean, it's oh, the over there, and that has Sling. gotten so much better. It's, but you have to buy some hardware yeah, with Sling. Yeah, because Sling's kind of like a Roku box. Well, it's the easiest. More, like, I would say more like stick. a DVR. Yeah, okay. Maybe a combination of the two, right? Okay. Where you get, uh, um, you know, somebody in New York is is getting CBS, so then you can watch that CBS channel through your sling here in North Dakota, for example, right? I think that was the original intention of it. They've probably expanded a lot. I haven't used a sling in a long time, so I'm it's not... Kind of like if you had full boat cable and you would get eight HBOs. Right, e- right. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yep. Hispanic. I think that's yeah. what the original intention of Sling. I think they've adopted their, how they do things now, but I, so I haven't played with it for a while. I had a Sling in the house for a while and probably still have it in the closet. I should probably, but it came well, up. you still there. have a Sling from when you fell on the ice. Well, there's that, which I should still be wearing, <laughs> by the way. You're not. I know. Um, but there's a lot of like, if you own a, a newer Samsung or an LG television or whatever, I like my my new LGs. Oh my goodness! There's like a thousand channels. I just got the TV. It came with the TV itself. Well, they're all app based televisions now. Right. All the new so, ones are smart TVs. Right. So you you basically connect 
your Wi-Fi to it. And some of them you can still actually put a, a cable to it if you want to. Uh, and if you have that choice, you always go the cable option. You know, try to try to run an Ethernet cable too because you always have the best quality when you do that. But sometimes the convenience of having that Wi-Fi is kind of cool. But that ability with all those free channels now, that actually kind of takes the place of the cable a lot of times. It's not like a CBS, NBC, ABC type of scenario, although I'm starting to see some of that too. But most of them are like storage wars. So it's 24-7 storage wars or it's 24-7 days of our lives. or it's, You know what I mean? They have these specific type of channels and then they have other things like uh, like the Laugh Channel, right? So it's like Comedy Central or what have you. And you might run into Comedy Central's and then the other one that's interesting that I know you and I have talked about before is Pluto. Right. Pluto's a free one as well. And that comes up actually as like your program guide. Right. You, you can go in and run through like a program guide on your regular cable or satellite, which that's the part I like. I, I like scrolling through that and go, I'm watching that. Right. Done. Done. There's so much content, so much content on these things. You just have to understand this is like watching regular television and you are going to watch commercials. This is how they pay for these things. Yeah, but so, we're all trained. Most of us are trained to watch commercials anyway. But the difference between what I've noticed with like the LG, Pluto's, whatever, it's not six or eight or ten commercials in the breaks. It's maybe two. You don't have enough time a lot of times to even run to the bathroom before the show's back on again. Microwave popcorn's definitely out of out, the question. Out of the question. You know, so you better be ready before that show starts with your popcorn and everything else because your commercial breaks aren't that long. Uh, which I think is kind of cool. So it's it's kind of the best of both worlds. Don't have to pay for it. Don't have to deal with a ton of commercials, but you have to deal with some. Well, and, you know, the ability to cut the cord, if, if there's some special, say, say you're you're watching a show, and my wife watches The Voice. We don't need TV for that because she could log on to NBC and usually a few hours after that show airs, it's up. Right. Streaming. Right. So you you have the ability to go to individual network websites and watch a lot of the shows as yep. well. So if that's the case, do you really need the streaming service? I mean, I could go to Comedy Central and watch a lot of, a lot of movies, a lot of different content. I could go to IFC. I like IFC because it's IFC. And they have a lot of the older movies that I grew up on and I right. really enjoyed. Right. Uh, you can go there and watch a lot of that programming. So that's another level to cutting the cord as well. You can go straight to the source and watch from those platforms. Absolutely. Those, those network platforms. Well, and even like, like, even like our television show, right? And I, I think about, and, and I know I haven't been very vocal about the fact, but we actually have three that are out there now, Destination Celebration. Uh, these are like a mini series leading up to our launch on a, a major, uh, channel or, uh, yes, whatever. <laughs> so tired. Network debut. Thank you. I, I got in very late last night. Is that going to be a red carpet event? We should probably do something. I've really thought about that. We probably should have did something with our with our debut of the show a few weeks ago, but we didn't. probably. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been on one red carpet in my life, and it was kind of fun. We should do that. We, that'd be fun to do around here. But yeah, we had uh, 
basically you watch it on on YouTube. YouTube has YouTube television. Yeah, we didn't even talk about YouTube TV. So there's that. And, of course, so we're on YouTube television and we're on regular YouTube. And then Facebook now has what's called Facebook Broadcast. So you can actually use Facebook Broadcast, and that pushes your content as well to um, to your streaming devices. So you could watch our show uh, on on your Roku or on your smart television or what have you. So it's pretty cool how these things are working. So that is changing the dynamic as well of of television shows and how they're launched and everything. I mean, things have really changed. I've talked to a lot of people that said YouTube. TV is really where to go. Yeah, I've heard that as well. I think that uh, YouTube TV, I mean, they're really making a splash. There's no doubt about it. Talk of the Town, weekday morning starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. XXAM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Talk lineup is on Super Talk 1270. Check out the program schedule at supertalk1270.com and on the free Super Talk 1270 app. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. So how much do you trust your antivirus software? On my phone or on my computer? Well, you have it on your phone as well. Well, there's antivirus that comes with your phone. Okay. I thought maybe you had Build, a third party. No, I don't okay. have a third party. Okay. But on your, on your computer, you have a third party, I'm guessing. Right. So how much do you trust it? Well, depends if I'm on my Windows 7 or my Windows. Wow. <laughs> Kidding. That was a joke. Because that computer was shut off forever, and then I finally updated the right operating software. Actually, I bought a new computer, and then went back and I did the operating software. Um, okay. Uh, so when I ask you this question, so it's interesting because there's there's third party vendors, and then so I'm probably going someplace that you're not thinking. But when I cause, ask, because a lot of people say that Defender with Microsoft Defender is adequate and they like that because it it updates with the operating system as well right right so a little different component than if you have uh, uh one of the third-party vendors uh, a norton or right so but but you 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 can make the argument like i've made for years that what truly what does microsoft have to gain by having defender on their system that it's the almost the last thing that they update yeah on things because they have nothing to gain. They have more to gain from you. Oh, I have to buy a new operating That's system. Correct. Somebody whacked my computer. That's correct. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that kind of scenario, and that's why I think having third-party ones are always a good option. A lot of people are lazy, though. They don't like that extra authentication. But now, if you take a look at the different authentication for almost everything, you're looking at two or three different levels of authentication uh, just to get into your email or your phone or that's a good thing. I think that the, uh, where I'm coming at here though, it's not so much about the protection of your PC. 
is the actual company itself. So do you trust the company? Well, and you think about this, right? Kaspersky, I think that's how it's pronounced. It's Russian, right? And, and, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about how I pronounce that now too. And they're still out there and, and people bought this stuff like crazy, including governments. And then, and then it comes out that it's the Russian mob that owns the company. And you have to think to yourself, it's like, it's like if you were buying something made in China that has access to all the user data on your machine, would, would you trust that? Well, I would so, post that if there was a Russian mob too, right? So why is it that, that governments... So that's a different level of protection money. Yes. Why why is it that government agencies like states and, and I'm not going to start naming names here, and hospitals and whatever else... Do you have names? You, oh, of course. Uh, why would they not do some due diligence and find out who these companies are before they start installing the stuff on a statewide basis or on in a in a hospital basis or whatever? So there's that. So there's Kaspersky, right? And then there was um oh starts with an M. Macan no um McAfee McAfee, right? The guy who started McAfee. Uh, did he get indicted for the people he killed or because he ran away? And there was a big manhunt for him. I forget the whole story about this thing. Yeah, it was crazy. Crazy, right? And and that, but that company's still out there too. And I find, you know, I buy computers sometimes and it's the... It's already there. Yeah. What? And now here's another one. Avast. Ooh, really? Okay. Find 16.5 million... I've had that one. I, yes. For privacy software that actually sold users browsing, browsing data. <laughs> this is your piece of software you put on your computer to, to protect you. Okay, I'm, and now they're selling your data. I, I'm laughing because what did you say the fine was? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they're laughing themselves because twelve point was it five million dollars? Sixteen point five. Sixteen point five million dollars. Ah, I will ah. guarantee pales in what they got paid for that information. It's it's a joke. Actually, they probably, you know, they figured some number out and said, all right, we'll pay them this amount of money because the FTC then looks good because they're getting $16 million as a fine. You're going to get paid 1%. And yeah. That's your fine, 1% yeah. of what you made. And of course, Avast has been uh, a software uh, that's been put on computers as well. I've bought many computers that have Avast already installed on them. Now you use Viper, right? I use Viper. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm I'm a fan of the product. I am not a fan of the company. They're a terrible company to work with, but they do a good job as far as protection goes. But I, and when I say a terrible company, they're just their customer service just is terrible. You know, I I think that's inherent to all of them though, because yeah. the customer service for I, I and I've rotated through a lot of them. Um, I, I currently have Norton. Um, which is the number one attack. I know one out yeah, there, but customer service on all of them is a lot to be desired. I agree. It's like you got a question; they'll they'll might get back to you eventually. I think of all of them. Though, if I were if I were to say that of anybody that's going to sell my data, I would say that Norton that would be at the top of not doing that. Right, and that's why I'm with them. So 
these you know, the, the other side, they're the, the other side of that though too is like I look at them. It's like they're attacked the most. Oh my goodness, because they're the most popular. They're the most popular yeah. for one, and they also do the best job. But they're so bloated. Yeah, I mean when you install a lot of it, when you install it, and and uh, it just you know, and it does slow down your machine. That's the thing. That's the love hate I have with Norton is that they're under attack like crazy all the time because they're the most popular. But they've had to. They've had to put so many things into their software to stay ahead of the attacks that they have to deal with uh, that it really slows down a lot, of, especially if you don't, like the machine you're in front of right now would handle Norton with no problems. An i7, it's, 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 you know, to the max with everything you could possibly have because we use it in a broadcast booth. We want to have the best we can in here, you know, but most people don't have the kind of computer you're sitting in front of right now. Uh, and, and so Norton would really, you'd feel the impact of that. So I couldn't put it on my Commodore 64. <laughs> Wouldn't work. Those are shut it down. I haven't heard. Shut it right down. Right. Yeah, yep. Yep. That's <laughs> funny. That's funny. So uh, when you're looking at, um, okay, what are there some machine specific or use specific third party vendors that are better in different applications? I don't know. Because that's the question I always ask myself. It's like, okay, for what I'm using this for, to what level of security do I need? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I suppose. I suppose a person just needs to do some due diligence if you're going to be putting some type of, um, you know, protection on your computer and, and just make sure. But who who would have thought about AVAS, too? I mean, this is the thing about any of this stuff. I'm at, I'm at a level nowadays that, and I don't mean to sound so cryptic about this stuff, but I'm having a hard time just trusting anybody anymore. I mean, there has to be something somewhere along the lines, and and again, Norton would probably be that one that I would trust. Uh, I I just, it's just so frustrating to me. It, I've gotten the habit of I will do. It, like if I'm buying something online where I put in a credit card, yep, and I. I yeah, it's verified. I but you trust your system, your yeah, machine. Yeah. And online banking? Absolutely not. I'll do yeah. most of that on my phone now. Yeah. Or or I'll do it on my tablet because it's a little bigger screen. But I don't do it on my computer because I don't trust the security on it. So why do you trust your tablet or your or your phone or your computer? It comes from my carrier. So you think the carrier they've got has a level of security that your PC doesn't have. I, I think so. I really do. I, that's it. That's like, an interesting thing. My yeah. phone, I think, has better security than my computer does. Okay. Super Talk. Talk of the town on Super Talk 1270. I think you have to start this thing. Why? Oh, oh! I'm interviewing you. You're interviewing me. Oh, wow. I'm glad you cut onto that. Okay. okay. So, hey, backing up. Yes. National Day Calendar. Everybody's yes. familiar with National Day Calendar. We're going we're gonna to dive or we're going to move away from the technology talk for just a little bit. Right. Well, I mean, there's the technology to make. Doming and make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, National Day Calendar, which, big deal. A friend of mine likes to say, it's like, oh, Marlo figured out how to monetize days of the week. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Great. Brilliant. Okay. So that's pretty funny. In, in its simplest form, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've kind of grown out of National Day Calendar. It, it's still there. Great platform. But where can you go from 
hey, we have these national days. Well, that's kind of unfolded into something called destination celebration. Right. And so a little rebranding, continuing the old brand to a certain extent, but a little rebranding because that is what was going into the brand new television show, which we are going to talk about now. Fill us in on the television side of stuff because you, and you got hung up a little bit with COVID, uh, but you and the strike, um, but you've got a television show and it's going to land on a network sometime very soon, but you got a couple shows in the can that are out there. Um, I don't want to say you're shopping them to the networks because you're a little farther than that, but uh, where are things at now and when can people start seeing and where are the potential channels that they could show up on? So I'm going to back up a little bit. I'll answer your question, but so it's not rebranding, just so you know. I mean, National Day Calendar is it's still National Day Calendar as it is. It's when we when we looked at it's kind of a spinoff. It's a spin. It's a spinoff of National Day Calendar. Right. So the television show. When we looked at how things are moving, um, I just I I personally feel that how people search for things moving forward is not how. We even searched for things last year because artificial intelligence and all these other things. The amount of traffic that search engines are getting. So if you were to type in National Margarita Day, for example, right? Not so, not as many people are doing that anymore. I mean, there's, there's been a significant decrease in the amount of search activity that's been going on, uh, over the last year since AI came out. You know, cause there's so many people that are just using AI to find that information for them or just, you know, they can just ask, chat gpt when you know national margarita day is they don't have to go searching for anything anymore so so you have to think about that and what's the evolution of our company and all a lot of a lot of it was predicated on and a lot of businesses are predicated on traffic to a website that's correct that's correct and that paradigm has shifted that's correct now i'm not saying that we have had a significant drop in traffic to our website but I do anticipate that. I anticipate that how people are going to inter- interact with us is going to be different. So we started thinking about what that is, and and that's why we are really moving more into <laughs> television and cool. and uh, radio, digital assets. You know, like our podcasts and things. Podcast is crazy popular. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of the premise behind it. So. We uh, we have 13 episodes we've already filmed, and these are these like mini, we call it the mini series, but it's really just these shorts. Uh, they're about eight minutes long, and we go out and, and Latoya and I, Latoya Johnson's my co-host, and we go out and we explore a little bit behind the national days, and and we're also, we also know that we want our audience to weigh in on what we're doing. So we're, we're actually asking people, please watch this and let us know what's missing, what you like, you know, what you'd like to see, maybe. Uh, so it's, it's interesting in that regard. And we have had great comments already. And the number one comment we're getting is that we want more history. We want to. I thought you were going to say hair. Well, that's the second one. <laughs> Can we put more hair on Marlo, please? He's. The reflect now. The reflection off of his Gemini. Yeah, there you go. They figure out their their people stuff. So that's that's kind of what where it's at. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, The first three episodes. The first one was on National Pizza Day. 
the video game day one that we just did, which was episode number two. Of course, I had a blast because I, I was able to play pinball and video games all day. These are these are just terrible things. And then, well, the cool part is is you guys are going on location for we, these. We are We're doing a lot of traveling and and going to historic places, going to unique places. Or people that are in the know about these things. Right, and right. then bringing that back to your audience. Right, right. So that's probably the the wonderful thing. And and just a little different look on it. Like on the video game thing, the, the arcades are kind, of, are kind of coming back, right? And so we visited with somebody who's has this unique little twist on, on an arcade that is crazy popular. And then uh, LaToya goes to a video game store, but it's a retro video game store. So you can buy the the Nintendo from 1992 and, and play those games yet. It was, uh, she had a blast. She looked like she had a blast. It was a great little episode. This one that... Did she even know what Frogger was? I don't know. I don't know. Probably... Uh, but it was fun watching that because she's talking about how she used to blow in this one particular game to get it to work. And I started to chuckle because I remember doing that myself. That was the thing that you did because there might be a little piece of dust or lint or something on there that would mess up the contact. The things that we used to do to make these things work, you know, uh, was great. And uh, and now you're going to see the episode with uh, for Pet Lovers Day or Love Your Pet Day and uh, a couple of things that I did uh, with dogs. And I'm not a, as you know, I mean, I, I love, I love animals, uh, but, but you I, have Astro and I do have Astro, uh, but you could tell when I was at the, uh, uh, the pet, uh, rescue place, uh, I'm not used to having big dogs jumping up. <laughs> so there was, it took a little bit of time to get used to this dog licking my face. And I, you know, I'm just, I know for you, this is like second nature because you, you oh, yeah. deal with dogs all the time, you know, but, but I had a good time. It was, it was really a lot of fun. They're so, cute. Yeah. They're fluffy. Yeah. They're kind of, yeah. Uh, so as far as where people can watch. Yeah. So you could go episodes. into uh Facebook. You've got some test ones out now. Yeah. You can go to Facebook and, and uh, on the Facebook broadcast site or just go to National Day Calendar's Facebook page. It's probably the easiest if you want to just watch them directly. I think, and I don't know how all the Facebook broadcast stuff works, but I know there's a way that you can just just watch it on your television at home too. And maybe next week, I'll dig into that a little bit more, but that's why we are on Facebook broadcast. And then we're on YouTube TV and, and YouTube regular. So you can go to Destination Celebration or National Day Calendar, either one of those pages on YouTube, and then you can just watch the shows there. So they're a lot of fun. So potential landing spots, because uh, there's some networks that are interested yes. in where this is going to wind up. Yep. You want me to dis- divulge that? You don't have to divulge it if it's a big secret, but some I, I, some pretty popular channels. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested in these. These are channels that everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. So I I can't divulge that yet, but I will say that that one of the reasons I was on this trip is I was in talks with a few of them. So we actually have uh, since we dropped these episodes, it seems like we have a little more interest from other places now. It's really interesting, actually, and and uh, what we were hoping for, actually. So in the these are shorts, so it, it'll be expanded on a little bit. Are we looking be, at an hour show no, the, or a the, bunch of vignettes in a a show? We we will hour? we will cover two national days in a half hour. We talked about doing a full blown hour. 
but the trend lately has been doing shorter stuff and more of it. And I'm sure you've noticed that. Like if you watch Pawn Stars, you'll see two episodes back to back now, just one episode. That's how it will be. To Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. One of the things that I love about our technology today is the ability to make money whenever you want to. Gig works or the gig working, right? Like like a DoorDash or an Uber, Lyft, whatever. Hey, Gemini, print me money. Well, that would be okay, right? Yeah. But I, I kind of like kind of the right stack. that ability. Um, not that I've done any of those type of things, but, you know, it's one of these things where if a person wants to rise up a little bit and is a little self-motivated, can do that pretty easily nowadays. You're not, you're not so dependent on... Uh, and I'm thinking about myself when I was younger. I don't know. the part of the show where we give people a lot of really good ideas for free? No. Okay. Although maybe a little bit. We do that a lot. We do that a lot. <laughs> I think about myself when I was younger. I don't know how many people would have hired me. You were younger? At one time. You had hair? I had hair. <laughs> but I was, you know, and I still am kind of this eclectic kind of guy. Hey. And, uh, um, I chalk it up to your creative side. Yeah. I mean, that's probably what it is, right? I, I, I certainly generate a lot of ideas and, and that type of thing. Uh, and it's not like I don't like to work. I do like to work. I, I enjoyed my time in a restaurant, you know, for example. I thought it was great to try to get as much food out in as quick a time as possible on the, in the Sunday morning you rush. to be the chef. I did. I was really yeah. good on the egg grill, by the way. Were you? So I could crack eggs with both hands at the same time after a while. Multiple eggs? Yeah. Could you yeah. Have like two or three? Well, I never got to that hand. point, but I could do I could do two eggs at the same time with two different hands. You know, so I with, could do two eggs in one hand. That's pretty impressive. It's like I can't do three. I know so, people can do but I'd, I'd put a I'd put a whole tray of eggs down, you know. I mean that's how that we were busy. I mean it was just crazy on Sunday mornings, but that's a long time ago. Anyway. It's hard to open that carton. It is. <laughs> So that ability to create to create wealth for your family for you um, is in serious jeopardy right now, actually, because you have politicians who are saying you're not getting minimum wage because you're getting paid on a gig basis, right? You've agreed to a DoorDash agreement or whatever, saying you're going to get X amount of dollars for doing this. Uh, for a delivery, you get 30% of the fee that we're charging, whatever, whatever it is, right? Well, we're seeing a lot of those people go on strike now, the Uber and Lyft and yes. the DoorDash, Uber Eats, yep. they just had that walkout for a day. So Seattle, and I, and I'm, I'm, we're just the messenger here. I'm not, I'm not taking sides on this at all. Um, can I pick on Seattle? But you can, you can probably understand the ramifications after we get through this. So, uh, Seattle's going after DoorDash in support of a new, and I don't think it's just DoorDash, uh, gig worker uh, minimum wage law. And over the last two weeks, then now I'm picking on DoorDash a little bit, DoorDash revealed Tuesday in a blog post that it's had 30,000 fewer orders than expected over a recent two-week period after it implemented substantial new fees for consumers in response to a new minimum wage law that went into effect. So they've had to raise their fee $5. How do you implement that from a, I'm thinking from the government side. Because a lot of that contract work is a little sketchy. 
You know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like working in a bar. Do you claim all your tips? Right, right. And I'm sure there's, there are probably workarounds. They mandate you claim a certain level of tips. Right. But do you claim all your tips? Yeah. So, you know, they're, of course, they're stating that uh, um, they weren't getting paid. Uh, they were getting paid less than minimum wage. And there's the, at least the mayor of Seattle is stating this. And so it, what it's doing is it, it enforces a minimum per minute and per mile account for app-based workers. So there's a minimum that has gone into effect now for those type of workers, which is DoorDash, for example, has had to go up $5 for their thing. And uh, DoorDash said the new law requires the company to pay drivers in Seattle at least $26.40 before tips and pay for mileage. <laughs> the twenty six forty an hour is what Powell said DoorDash drivers were already earning around $25 an hour before the law went into effect, higher than the citywide 1997 minimum wage. So there's a Seattle already has a $20 an hour minimum wage in effect, and it wasn't good enough. So your $15 meal pre-COVID, oh my which is now $24. Right. And now you're going to tack on another five on top of the already fee. So for a $24 meal, you're going to pay what, 40 bucks? Yeah. 50 bucks? Oh yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, right? Okay. So, so there's, there's a longtime delivery driver and I won't mention her name who helped support passing of the pay up law and she's now seeing a higher pay per order. Okay. But fewer orders. She's getting less work. She actually states, I'm not making any more money. You think? Yep. And this is the big deal. To me, it's, it's, it, you know, you got the workers, right? But you have other businesses that have built their stuff up around this ability to deliver food. So, you know, you have a restaurant, for example, that might not have as many seats in the restaurant, couldn't afford the, the, you know, $18,000 a month for a full blown restaurant, but can afford, or, or is figured out a way at 12,000 or fewer square feet. Right, right. Or, or $4,000 a month because they just have a kitchen and a couple seats, right? So that's what a lot of, there's a lot of models that have gone to this, right? And then it's basically pick up and delivery. That's it, right? So the one restaurant, uh, that they're, um, quoting in the story here is a Chinese delivery place, right? 30, like, you, you 30% reduction in business. Yeah. Since this has gone into effect. So it's not about the drivers. You're going to actually force other businesses out of business now because you've taken away the ability for them to actually see now send out food and things. And this is I, the I, big gratification. I'm still a good customer because I don't use those food delivery services. Right, right. Now, and I grew up in the pizza business. I managed pizza restaurants in college. It's one of, one of my jobs and ran the delivery drivers and we had our own delivery drivers. Chinese restaurants had their own delivery drivers. Yep. Those are the two that really, those are delivery services. And how many still have those? None. I, I think Domino's hires their own in-house. That's about it. Uh, but I go pick up in my one of my favorite Chinese restaurants, which isn't open for seating anymore. It's delivery or takeout only. And I, re I refuse to use the services because I know, and, and this is part of it, um, I know the quality control and the certification in the restaurant and anybody who's an employee of that restaurant that has to 
pass health service codes? Some random person delivering food? It's like, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. It's like, um, he's eating the fish out of right. the bucket. Right. No. Right. No, 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 no. I, I, I would never go down that road. And I get all of them. I would never go down that road. But there are a lot of people that... that there are a lot of people that do. They love the convenience. Yeah. But, but you're pricing that out of the market now. But, so... When's the last time you looked at a, a and I'll, I'll pick on Chinese because my wife and I order Chinese fairly frequently. And I accidentally pulled up by mistake the delivery menu one time, which is based off of the Uber Eats right. and, and food dudes and, right. and the food delivery company services. And the menu prices are different. They are different. They're notably different. Well, they have to. Like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm on the wrong menu. What's going on here? This is, this is what they do. When you, when you sign a deal with any of those companies, they go in and they negotiate that pricing. Yeah. So if you're, if your menu item is $10, they go in and they say, well, we're now we're, 14. We're only going to pay you eight, by the way. And. And you have to pay us $6 because we need to cost share that with the consumer who's buying it because they're also going to pay a little bit on that side. So you are basically getting less per meal, but it has to cost more because you're paying that DoorDash or whatever or Uber Eats or whatever that difference. You know, we, th- we think about shrinkflation on the consumer side. This is shrinkflation on the business side. The delivery side of this stuff is is crazy. But like I said, there's a lot of businesses who built their model around this, right? And this is the other thing, too. Um, when I'm thinking about gig work, and as you know, I go to L.A. a lot, um, and we'll be doing more and more of that now with, with new projects. But Before you continue down the road, though, just one thing. Yep. It, going back to the consumers, because like that example of the delivery yep. lady was like, I'm not making any more money. Right. There's a tipping point. There is a tipping point, and and, I think they've passed it, in my opinion. What contracts when economy's tight? Yeah. You don't go out to eat as much. That's correct. That's correct. So if you're basing your livelihood on that, and why you're going to have to pay me more, well, that just means you're going to get less. It's kind of like the example I always use with the post office. Hey, we're going to keep raising the price of stamps. Well, then people are going to start sending more and more emails, right. e-cards and right. things like that because you're pricing them out of your service. Yeah, and that's kind of what's going on here. There's going to be a few people that don't care because they can afford it, but there's a lot of us that are in, you know, in the middle class, lower whatever in, in income that just can't afford, you know, if you're going to send in a DoorDash to McDonald's to pick up your food, which, by the way, I'm stunned by that. $20 for a Big Mac. I just, I can't get over how many orders. I went into McDonald's here not too long ago. They have a whole scenario, or they have a whole section right there for DoorDash orders. They have racks of people just to come in and pick up their stuff. It's unbelievable. I was like, who, who actually has McDonald's delivered to their house or their business? So if you think about that, just amazing. So McDonald's is fast food. Yeah. It just got slower. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it in the big, big scheme of things, your fast food just got slower. I'm just, I was just stunned by that. But anyway, you know, this, this, this scenario goes across a lot of things. I find LA, I grab a lift and go, go to Burbank. It's $160. Whoa. Hundred and sixty dollars. That's more than renting a car. Cost thirty eight. That's what I'm getting at. 
So now it costs $38 for me to rent a car for a day. So what do you think I'm going to do? You're not going to use that service. I, why would I? And I love the fact that I think it was dropping in front of the door or whatever. But my goodness, if I'm running around town for that, there's no way I'm paying $500 just to be delivered around town for a little bit when I can rent a car for 38 bucks. At least in your case, though, you can write it off. Whatever. It still costs you money. I hate that. <laughs> 1270. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. So we're talking about UMA. And Herman. Yes. O-O-M-A. It's a telephone service system equipment. I guess I'm just going to say it's, 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 maybe it's a little both. You know, you have to have the equipment in order to get the service, right? But is it like buying your own router instead of somebody's router? Sure. We're going to go there. Okay. okay. So what this does, this device. Remember, you're trying to explain it to me too. What this device does <laughs> is uh, you hook it up to your router in your house and then you program it uh, with your landline number. So if you had a landline before, you can just move it over to the UMA. And like I said, I, I spent a couple of years ago, I spent 160 bucks on this device and now I don't have a landline phone bill. But I mean, you still have the landline number. Still have the landline number. And my phone's in don't the house. pay somebody for the number? It was just a one-time thing. It came along with the transfer. Once the transfer is done, it's done. Really? I didn't it's, know that. Yeah, I mean, phone numbers are, I mean, they're all VoIP now. Everything's VoIP. I mean, even if you have, like, a lot of people don't know this. If you have a Google account, a Gmail account, did you know you have a phone number with that? Yeah. Google Voice. You can just go into voice or google.com slash voice and activate it and you get a phone number. And, really? you, can, and you can use it. In fact, uh, um, you know, even in a couple of my businesses, I've programmed devices, my phones uh, that have programmable features on it and people can call my Google Voice and then it just, it just rings through. I don't pay anything more for it at all. See, now I thought that was just because I've, Got my Google account because I've got an Android phone. Right, right. I figured that was all the same. So number their their thinking is that uh, um, you're taking me off of Uma. So let me we'll right. we'll go back there. But um, the Google Voice number was designed so that you would only have one number for the rest of your life. So you could go in and that that phone number is what you would always give out moving forward and it wouldn't matter if you moved to wherever and you had to have another another phone number because you you moved to um Singapore or whatever it is and you couldn't use your United States phone number anymore you would actually be able to just transfer the call to that new phone number and uh that's how it works so you it was basically one phone number for the rest of your life and that, I think most people probably have that now anyway, because I have, I've had my same cell number for 30 years, I think, you know. So, um, anyway, that's how it works, but there's other ways you can utilize it in, in business and, and whatever. So just know that you have, if you have a Gmail, you have a, a, a phone number attached and it doesn't cost you anything. And think of all the money people waste on burner phones. It's amazing, right? Anything? Yeah. Like, yeah. Remember? Yeah. You could just use that all the time. <laughs> So, yeah. Anyway, back how to you, Uma. How, how, okay, before you get back to Uma, yeah. how do you access that then? Just go to google.com slash voice when you're in your, you know, if you're in Chrome, uh, sign in to your account and uh, go in and get your voice number. And and uh, uh, it's got 
people can text you there. They can, uh, you can set it up on your computer and just make phone calls from your computer if you want to do that. You can forward that. Oh, so that, that's like, uh, cause I asked you about this before about setting up, uh, phone calls on a tablet. Yeah. That's how you, that's how you do it. You could easily do that. Okay. Yeah. And then you can forward that number as well to your cell device or any other phone number. And then, uh, if somebody calls that number and you're not in front of your computer or a device that's connected to it, like your tablet, then you, it will just forward to your phone. So it's another number I have to remember because I have, I have a number associated with my tablet because that's my tablet's through yeah, Verizon. Yep. Yep. So this is, I, I wouldn't have to use that number. You wouldn't have to use that number. No, you that. could use Google Voice for that and it's free. Just comes with your Google account, you know, so if you have a, even if you have a free Gmail, it's just part of that. Just, yeah, yeah. Just like Google Drive. There's a, you know, you get 15 gigs worth of storage in there for that too. So for free. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of. I had to go clean Google. mine out. It's yeah, I know. That, the, that thing. It's full. I, I pay extra now because I, it's all I, I'm this close to them getting me. Yeah. I'm this close. Yeah. I do the, uh, user, uh, experience. Um, questionnaire thing though. I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. I forget what they call it, but I make money. They send me questions like, Hey, you got another questionnaire to fill out and I'll click on that. And, uh, I, I usually make 20 or 30 bucks a month just saying yes or no to if I bought something at a store that I was at and things like that. And that offsets more than what I pay into Google Play. And it just, you know, so basically all my stuff that I get is free. I mean, I just do the stuff when I'm on a, bus or on a plane or something anyway. So anyway, getting back to Uma. <laughs> so there's an option. I had a reason I wanted to bring this up. I have a choice to pay the 911 tax. It's not a requirement on a VoIP phone. Really? I don't know if you knew that. If I choose not to, if I choose not to pay the tax. I don't want to pay the tax for the service that I'm getting. Then you I still have to pay for the service though, right? Not not on an Uma. Really? For a phone line? No, once you have, once you have, it's just like Google Voice. Once you have the phone number established, there's no more monthly fee. And you can choose not to pay the tax. And the only fee that you would have. Oh, wait, 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 wait stop. Yeah. The IRS might be listening. That's right. The only fee that you would have is if you opt to pay taxes. And you can opt in or out of that's correct. But does that work? I like if, it. If you opt out, you don't have nine one one service. Okay. So if you pick up that phone and dial nine one one, pick it up. Wait a minute. There's nobody there. Yeah. So I think most people probably pay the tax anyway, uh, or they just don't because they want the convenience of a landline in the house. And then they're just thinking that I'll just call 911 on my cell number anyway, which I'm sure is what most people would do. My house is on fire. I hope I can find my cell phone. (laughs) But most people don't have a landline anyway. No. So it's your cell phone or nothing, basically, or your Alexa. I actually, until about uh, eight years ago, I had a landline for my home office. Okay. Because. I use the fax machine. Oh, yes. So this would... What's a fax now? This would be a great example of this, though. If you have a fax machine that you don't want to pay a monthly fee for, for a, a phone number, you know, or for that uh, that service. So an UMA would be perfect for that. 
to keep that fax activated. Because just some people that still use faxes quite a bit. We have that's what we have here, as a matter of fact. I mean, not that we get a lot of faxes in anymore, but we have this this Google. Actually, it's a Google Voice number that we have. It's attached. so much easier just to scan something in and email it. Sometimes. There's sometimes I, I miss the days of just inserting a piece of paper into something and pushing a number, a, cell, a phone <laughs> number, <laughs> and and walk away from it because it's doing its job now, right? You, Watch you it sit slowly good. suck that paper in. I'm pretty good. <laughs> it's like you've, you've, uh, did one or two. I, re- I miss the days of fax jokes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I th- yeah, but the problem was it's like on the, on the back side of it. Because the older faxes, it was that really flimsy paper. Yeah, yeah, you had the thermal paper. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, but I, I do remember the day stuff was dirty, got in your finger. We'd, we'd get a, you'd hear the fax machine go off, and people would run over to the fax machine to see what joke. What the fax? <laughs> We're getting the fax. Just the fax, ma'am. <laughs> and there would be some pretty good fax jokes. There was one, and I think we actually had a service at one time where people, we got a fax a day from a particular joke company or something. It was hilarious. But those are the days. Uh, this younger generation yeah. just won't appreciate it. They just don't bit. appreciate any of this. How, <laughs> how did we get here? This stuff had to be here forever, right? Oh, it's kind of like the running joke. It's like, and I, I get a meme that pops up on my social media every now and then. It's like things that kids nowadays will have no idea what this is. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, you you just could just go back 20 years. What? No, less than that. I'm just thinking about who was born 20 years ago would have no clue, zero clue what a landline is. What's a cassette? Well, there's that's that goes back a little further. Yeah, but uh, um, what's yeah. CD? Yeah, and I mean, you go back ten years ago, it was difficult to take a photo on your phone ten years ago. I mean, all the all the Instagram, all of you know, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, what's a floppy disk? <laughs> all of that stuff wasn't even possible a decade ago. So. And you have these people who grow up now and just think that this is, I mean, why would they know any different? Except that this has always been this way, right? It's just incredible when you think about it. The ability to talk to your devices, that's what, six, five, six years? Yeah. Now? Something like that. Uh, uh, But we take it for granted now. We do. But there's generations now that, don't know how, I mean, they don't take it for granted because that's the way it is. There's nothing to take. That That's just expectations of technology. I remember my grandson, Tyler, uh, a few years ago, he was being ignored by everybody. Um, and I mean, it just, I was to say ignored, but he was hoping he could, you know, like play with one of the adults or whatever in the room or do something with them. And everybody's kind of ignoring him. So his go-to was Alexa. And he's over there and he's asked Alexa, count to 10 in Spanish. And it would count to 10 in Spanish because he was trying to learn Spanish at the time. He's six years old, you know. So uh, I was always impressed by that. And, and But he knows no different. He will not know anything other than the, that, that he has that ability to talk to things and they actually listen to him. So he's he's not amazed when he comes down to Astro that we have in our office and talks to a robot now because he just thinks that's the way it should be. 
Doesn't know any better. Wow. <laughs> Just saying. I think it's cool. You got to get your grandkids out more. Well, there's they get around pretty good, actually. They, they're they pretty, pretty blessed. Like, go out and play lawn darts with them. They like, yeah. <laughs> Jarts. They actually like to go out and do things. I have to give them credit that they get out and, and uh, enjoy the great outdoors quite a bit. Um, not saying that they don't like their devices, but I think they have good balance. But they know who but Uma is. They, I don't know if they, they might know Uma Thurma, but what's her last name again? Thurman. Thank you, Uma Thurman. <laughs> Thurma. Talk of the town, weekday morning starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. XX Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. 